The Boise Bubble podcast is sponsored by Volkswagen of Boise. Interested in seeing their current inventory? Head to www.volkswagenofboise.com or just stop by the dealership and take a walk around with one of their salesmen. They have a no-commission sales team and are dedicated to a no-haggle, no-pressure experience. We've been working with Volkswagen of Boise for a few years now, and we highly recommend heading to their team if you're looking for a quality car in the Treasure Valley. Just needing a laugh? Head to their Instagram page, VW of Boise. They have a full-time fun director dedicated to showing you just how fun buying a car can be. For more information, head to www.volkswagenofboise.com. This is the Boise Bubble Podcast, where we talk all things Treasure Valley. We're your hosts, Shane and Natalie Plummer. Welcome back to the conversation. Well, it's wonderful to welcome you all to the Table Rock Podcast. We've been off for about a year, and so it's fun to get back together at Tree Fort, which has also been off, and what a wonderful day we have. And before we get started, I'm Julie, and I'm one of the hosts, and I want to make sure we thank Hudson Bakery, who has brought food to share with the group that's here with us, and so a big thank you to them. As well as um, Flowers at Will for this beautiful bouquet, and Zeppelin Balloon. Um. And that's my co-host, Alex, speaking, but yes, thank Hello. you very much. <laughs> and then I want to just tell you what the table Table Rock means because, boy, this table represents it. It's big. Uh, <laughs> obviously, Table Rock means Boise because that's one of our big symbols is the Table Rock with the cross on the top. But it also, we take a play on words with rock, which means we rock the place when we start podcasting. <laughs> and so, and I look like I'm going to rock. Well, I am of the right generation for rock and roll. So that's a thank you for compliment. I, I will take it as a compliment. Yes. And uh, as we move forward, we're going to let everybody introduce themselves. But we have a big table of eight here to share. And so, and they're all food influencers, and they all work in the Boise area. So that tells you something about how big Boise is growing right now. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to you, Scott. All right. Well, uh, thank you for having us. Uh, I'm sure everybody at the table um, is, is super excited to be with you all. So um, uh, yeah, happy tree for it, everybody. Um, I'm Scott Wink. I uh, do Boise's Best Bites. I uh, write for Eater.com and also have um, created a Boise ice cream festival in town that I hope to uh, bring back after COVID here pretty soon. Um, and so my point of reference is usually uh, chef forward, uh, creative dishes, um, and, and kind of highlighting the best unique things and chefs in the region. Great. My name is Tyler Grant. I'm a local content creator. I run the Instagram and TikTok pages Tastefully Tyler. I work with uh, small restaurants and local businesses in the Treasure Valley, making content with them. Uh, I love it. I get to sit in kitchens and film people doing everything that they love. So that's I wonderful. I really do enjoy it. Thank you for coming. What up? My name is Mike Wallace. I go by the Boise Food Critic on Instagram, and uh, yeah, I've mainly focused more on like street food cheap eats, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, kind of like Tyler, just uh, so trying to get awesome content. I just have to interrupt you a minute because you told me what a nice shirt I had on. And for those that can't see us, I am the only person, which tells you generational, I'm the only person in a suit coat and I have on a fancy uh, scarf. You match everybody, well. <laughs> everybody else is a beautiful day outside and everybody else is in t-shirts and sweats. So <laughs> anyways, thank you for the compliment. It's tree fort. Tree fort. Come on. Tree fort casual. Yeah. 
But yeah, just uh, I enjoy food. There's tons of food around this town. That's a lot of great food, a lot of content to get. But uh, yeah, just trying to show people good places to eat without spending a bunch of money. Thank you. Great. Um, I'm Natalie Plummer, and I'm the original Boise influencer. I've decided Ooh. that just right this time, but I'm going to start claiming that. Um, so I've been influencing. Way to go, girl. Take credit. Yeah. yeah. So I've been influencing in the Treasure Valley for six years. Um, I have a page called Hello Meridian. I also have a podcast called The Boise Bubble, which we have um, talked about food quite a bit. And basically, my job is just to kind of show all the best of all the things in the Treasure Valley. Um, everything that I find, I kind of share with my followers. That's great. Um, my name is Amos Rothstein, and I'm very happy to be here, first Thanks. and foremost. And uh, so I, I kind of use the most old school medium. I'm the freelance food writer for the Idaho Statesman. Uh, I'm trying to be more technolog technologically savvy. Uh, I still have an AOL email address, so I'm waiting to go. <laughs> uh, but trying, I'm hungry food, B-O-I, on Instagram. And I really try to highlight a lot of the ethnic food that's happening in, in the Treasure Valley and a lot of cheap eats. If I can get a full meal for under $10, I want to talk about it, and I want you to know about it. Um, and I'm just thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming. Awesome. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Lauren. I'm probably the newest foodie up here of anybody. Um, I run an Instagram called Treasure Valley Treats and Eats, and I go around highlighting the best coffee shops and cocktail bars and restaurants in the area. And I'm lucky to be up here with all of these people up here. Well, thank you for coming. And here we are with back to you, Alex. Hello, everyone. So I run a food blog called BOI Food. And really, I think um, part of my goal is uh, food accessibility and talking about different minorities, whether that be black people or queer people and showing more of the colors in Boise's food scene. Well, we wanted to ask all of you today, since you were influencers, what is it that you think is the biggest influence you provide. And um, so we just want to open it up into a conversation about what is it where you think that you're making an impact on the Treasure Valley or not? <laughs> I mean, there's sometimes you're not, you know? So let's hear what you have to say. Okay. Uh, the, the way I measure like, like impact into the community is like, my biggest thing is like when people are in my DMs and they DM me and they ask like, hey, I have a birthday, I have a date, I have like family coming into town, like where would you recommend that I go? And like giving my suggestions and like actually knowing the people behind the scenes of those places, I think is like really great. And I get like the most satisfaction out of that. Cause then like, I always have them hit me up afterwards and tell me like where they went and how it was and like what was their like honest review. And I like that because it's like building that connection rather than like they just see it on my page. Like they actually communicate with you and like they, they value it, you know, like and it's it make it feels good for me when they like reach back out and like trust my opinion or like want my opinion. You know, so, it's really cool. As part of that question, I wanted to know what if you thought that the Treasure Valley was changing and how you're influencing that change. So, and I heard a comment down there, Amos, about uh, ethnic food. So why don't we go down there? Because I do think one of the things that Boise is criticized for is being pretty white place. Meat so, potatoes. Yeah, yeah. so. Um, nothing I, wrong with that over nothing here. Nothing wrong with that at all. But I, I think, you know, and uh, I was just get, having a, a, thank you very much. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning, I've a lot to learn about being good on a podcast. I was actually just having a conversation right before we got in here about um, Boise's ethnic food scene. And you know, Boise has taken in more refugees than New York and Los Angeles combined. Uh, we have a wonderful, thriving, 
uh, refugee community here who are bringing the traditions and the cuisines with them. And I think a lot of people need a nudge to go try it. You know, if it's not familiar, and uh, for a lot of things, this goes well beyond food. If it's out of a comfort zone, people are reluctant to try it. And so I think m my job is to try to let people know, you know what, this food's good. And it's kind of like this, it kind of tastes like chicken, it kind of tastes like that. Go try it, you're gonna really like it. Um, because there's, there's a lot of great ethnic food here in all parts of the Treasure Valley um, to, be, to be tried and to be talked about. And what do you exciting. think about that, Scott? I absolutely agree that it's it's growing and, and getting diverse. You can just look at our James Beard nominee mixture of diversity, and it's 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 as good as any other city uh, this year as far as the diversity of, of the the ethnic um, you know representation. Um, but I, I also want to comment on something that Tyler was talking about. How you know you get the emails from the the people for recommendation. I love that too. That's 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 awesome. That's some of why I do what I do. That what that's make that makes me want to post my next post. Right. Um, I don't necessarily look at counts and, and likes and numbers, you could just drive yourself crazy as an influencer if you just were like a numbers person because um, it's a giant numbers game and jumble and it can just jumble up your brain. You just focus on the content and the quality and your point of view and then people just gravitate towards you. I think each one of us has like a different um, slightly different subset of followers you know they're all in the same community but some might be a little younger some might be a little older some might be more female some male um, but the the other thing i'll add on to that is that it's awesome to go into the restaurants after you posted like it's one of your favorite restaurants or taco trucks for mike that you post about a lot you go and just you're eating there naturally and they go oh my god thank you for that post i i get so much business the day after you, you know you post that you were here because people are talking about it and they remember that i'm here and I think that is uh, something that we're kind of contributing back to the growth of the community financially is to help those people get out of their thought process of I just I need lunch I'm gonna go to McDonald's you know they need to go I'm gonna I need lunch I'm gonna go to funky taco you know I mean just just something local and new and that Instagram and, and social media helps that yeah, absolutely. so Mike, you're, you do food trucks, and uh, why don't you tell us how you help think you're helping with the influence of food trucks and how you might find them if people don't know how to find where they are and how to get there? Yeah, a lot of the fun in that is actually finding places because, uh, I mean, there's so many of them around here, but kind of like what Hugh was saying is um, a lot of people are kind of like, don't go check these places out. So it's kind of like, I go there, make all this awesome content, make it appealing, and they're like, oh, I've never even knew this place existed or what they have on their menu. And uh, yeah, like uh, I found this lady in Nampa who makes sushi in her house. She makes Mexican sushi in her house. She was about to take a break from it because business is slow, we did a giveaway together. And uh, I got more likes, all my numbers, everything were more than I've done with like uh, major restaurants around here. She got over like 100 followers in a day, and then like for the next month, she was booked of getting sushi. Well, that's a wonderful story. So it's like being able to do stuff like that for people that kind of trying to feed their family, just doing what they love is pretty satisfying alone. So Natalie, you make a living at this. How do you do that? I mean, how, how do you feel that's you're changing the Treasure Valley with your influence? Well, I think that people struggle a little bit with um, choice paralysis. Um, they have a hard time making choices or and because we're very overwhelmed and inundated with so many things. So I feel like really the role of an influencer is that you learn who you like, who you respect, and then you just trust them. So when you have an, in, that's what influence is. We talk about influencer like it's a 26 year old who's twerking 
that influencer <laughs> doesn't have influence. You know, we're watching and then we forget. A true influencer is someone who influences choices and actions. So what I think all of us do is that we try to have an authenticity with the food uh, relationships that we have and with restaurants. People trust us and then we, we send extraordinary business. That's one thing that people are starting to understand. I mean, I went to lunch today at Thai Noodle House because Mike posted about it. I had never heard of it. And that's how people are finding out. So really, like the people up here are keeping businesses in in business. And it's not on TV, it's not on the radio, it's on social media with people who are not doing ads, but they are just experiencing and enjoying it. So Lauren, you haven't gotten to say much. What would you say, I mean, you're new, and you picked out coffee and apparently cocktails, so two Ooh. C's. Yes. Uh, so how did you do that? You just sit down one day and go, I want to be an influencer? No, actually, um, it's funny you ask that because uh, when I moved to the area, I actually followed Natalie. And um, Natalie was one of the first people I followed and I just like loved all her content and I was one of those people that just saw her posts and I was like, okay, I'm gonna go there, it looks great. I remember um, you did a live at Crave Kitchen and Bar, which is like my favorite restaurant ever. And I ended up going there and now my husband and I go there literally like once a week because it's our favorite spot and I discovered it because of her page. So um, I just remember seeing that and being like, I would love to do something like that. So it started with me, um, I work from home, so I go out to a lot of coffee shops and I love to take pictures of my lattes and everything. So it started kind of there and then um, I started to get some interaction from my followers, kind of like Tyler was saying, and people asking, oh, where's that ad and this and that, and it kind of took off from there. Um, my biggest thing is I like to highlight uh, local small businesses as well. So, um, you know, people that are, like Hudson Bakery, I was at their grand opening, um, just a bunch of different local businesses, I love to highlight those as well and just help them, help people to see the awesome things that are going on out there that aren't just chain restaurants. So another shout out to Hudson's Bakery. Yes, because so of good. The, <laughs> such beautiful desserts, we can't show them to you now. Alex, I know you really well. What would you like to see in the Treasure Valley in the next five years in terms of how you impact food? Yeah, I mean, going back to kind of your first question on influence, I really think about the relationships I have to my food providers. And like Anna and Aaron have become some of my best friends, some of the bakers here I'm very intimate with. Um, and it's just so, I'm, I know everyone at this table has that experience of these close relationships with the people that provide our food. When I think of the Treasure Valley in the next 10 years, I want this table to get bigger. I wanna see more food bloggers. I wanna see more diversity. Um, I want people to recognize how great our food is here because I think uh, recently on Facebook, I posted about our food scene and someone commented that um, they might have different culinary tastes than me because our food scene isn't so great. And I think there are a lot of naysayers, but honestly, um, I think in the next 10 years, really figuring out what Boise food is, figuring out what Idaho food is. I think we need to reconnect with our cultural roots, which is agriculture. And I think the more we plug into farm and table and the more we do our own thing compared to trying to be like Seattle or Portland, we're just Boise. And I think in the next 10 years, you're really gonna see that. I think we're all amening yeah. what you just said. I see, I see nodding heads, but as Natalie notes, no one could hear the nodding heads. So, <laughs> so thank you for putting that in. Uh, does anyone else want to add to that? I would just like to see, uh, I feel like a lot of restaurants around here don't kind of 
appreciate or understand the influence that some of us do have because some of them the do. work the work honey yeah like some restaurants are like a lot what's crazy a lot of food trucks these people are like literally like their whole life is into that they will give you all the free food you want they'll literally just give you whatever but any like big restaurant around here seems to uh not really appreciate or think that they don't need us when it's like it's kind of proven that we do help but uh it's very frustrating. I mean, like my dream would be to food, food blog full time, but it's like kind of impossible when people are like people reach out to you to come do the restaurant. But if you ask for any money, then it's like a big naysay thing. And it's like, well, it's kind of like me coming to your restaurant and saying all the time you put into this and all the food and everything and be like, I'll give you five bucks for it, not 10 bucks or something. But it's like just to have a little more uh, support from the people we're going out of our way, spending money, taking time to show support for would just be nice to get a little bit back how about you tyler what do you think i mean i was gonna go back with what Alex. we need to have your mic i was gonna go back with what alex was saying like um where he wants to see it in like the next 10 years or anything like i really like that because i really think that we have some like great agricultural stuff out here and like there's so much farming out here like i want to see like more of that like introduce like more mainstream into like the like the culinary scene here because like we don't see like we don't see that correlation you don't see like the agricultural and the like livestock because the snake river farms like i know they're huge out here and like there was a dinner a long time ago and i thought that looked like such a cool event and i want to see like more stuff like that like agricultural like are there any flavors you guys are looking for what do you mean flavors like for me basque food i think i would love to see more bass pop-ups i I agree bass to like a whole different level in the next 10 years yeah that would be good um I, yeah, oh, I want to say one yes. thing about this. Sorry, I'm, now I'm getting distracted. <laughs> um, I think like I think all of us would love to see this agricultural um, this process. The problem is is just from what what's happening with me is that people are reaching out nonstop, and I'm like, okay, this is how much I charge, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, oh, well, we you know it's just it's just something we want the community to know about. I'm like, again, you're talking about 30 hours of work, and this is my charge. And so the thing is, it's it's that there's a disconnect that the only way people are getting information is from social media, and companies do not understand that yet, that just because Instagram is free does not mean that the power behind it is free. And so I feel like there's so much in Idaho that could be out there, you know, the whatever it is from wine culture to, I mean, name it. When people start understanding where the information is truly coming from and paying them to put that information out, the game changes. We're just very behind in the Treasure Valley. Right, I was gonna say, I think that's a uniquely Idaho issue that people are unwilling to pay for social media because they certainly have learned to do it nationally on. That's why this table, this is most of the foodies. This should be 20 times this big and any other city it would be. But there's a lot of people who were like, we're doing it, but if you want it, if you want it to happen, you have to understand where that comes from, how much to pay, and maybe we just need to be more open about that. But that is, I think, the disconnect. Yeah. Now we have we kind of skipped over you, Amos, and you represent the printed media, yes. as well as I mean, you're you're starting your blog, but you really represent the newspaper, which is the kind of the old style it is. way that people. I read the newspaper every morning. I need to tell you that. Well, thanks for <laughs> but most people, most people do not. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so that tells the audience That's how true. old I am. Um, but so, what do you think about all this? Well, I, if 
for instance, I was at my shrink's office recently, and the, the very lovely older receptionist saw my name, and she's like, you write for the statesman. I'm like, you're the demographic I'm writing for. <laughs> you were you're older, you were have your staples here in, in Boise that you like, that you've been to for a long time, and I feel a responsibility with print to connect people who are not on social media to what people on social media are talking about, to the restaurants that are new, that are happening, that are different, and let them see a part of their community that they don't have access to because they're not on their smartphones like uh, the younger generation is. But they still go out to eat, and they still want to be part of the community. So I think that's a, a really important part of, of print, and I'm really excited to be able to do that. Um, and you know, just very quickly, kind of on the international scene that I'm, I'm excited uh, to see more of is that you know here in Idaho we have a company that makes 75% of um, Italy's commercial mozzarella. It's made here in Idaho. The number one source in the world for kosher dairy and kosher ice cream is out of Twin Falls. Right. We yeah. have all of these companies that are working and making international there's this, foods. There's this one Ethiopian company that does oh. a grain that's yeah. been growing grain for 40 years. It's the national <laughs> provider. It's called the Tef Company. Check it out. Yeah. So, so, so that we just had a little, adverti- plug. A little advertisement up, from Alex's yeah. uh, employer. Yeah. And Scott, you wanted to jump in? Yeah. I think, uh, what you just said was fascinating. And I mean, you, you just summarized a great topic that you are now trying to replicate what's on social media for that demographic. It's all come full circle. Like the social media started to supplement the newspaper. It was an ancillary source of information. And over the past several years, it has become the dominant source of information. And now we're trying to figure out how can we get this back, this this feeling and this this concept make it more alive in print because print is still important and there's definitely like you said there's a demographic and a and a need but also to y'all's point we we spend very little in idaho on marketing and that is what you all were talking about the the bigger companies they they don't have it in their budget they should you go to any other major city they have massive marketing budgets they're advertising in the newspaper every single week I don't know how many, I, there's not many restaurants advertising in the newspapers compared to other cities and they should. They absolutely should spend on marketing um, because they have great products and they're just not telling their story well enough and so we are subsidizing that and you know, every one of us at the table has a slightly different position on how much time we're putting into our blogs. You know, is it our primary job? Is it our just passion? And it is valuable. If, if like I have a full-time job, I just do it for fun but every hour I spend doing it for fun, I'm not spending it with my kids, right? I mean, there's a trade-off, so I don't put that much time in it. I I try to blend it into my life so that I'm I'm posting naturally and organically, but I I love the comment about that, you know, there is a cost, a personal cost to everyone sitting at the table. Every time they post a post, it wasn't a 30 second, oh, I'm just gonna do it. It's, It's thought out, it's planned, it's preparation. I Mike, feel like you it's said, my life Mike, purpose, you said honestly. Some, I love it. Oh, Alex, I'm interrupting. Yeah. Mike said something under his breath, and I wanted to capture that. What was it? When Scott, <laughs> not the swearing one. <laughs> when Scott was talking about oh, well, every hour is an yeah, I mean, hour like, away from your kids. I have a full-time job, too. I work like 10 hours, 10, 11 hours, and then to like, like my life literally is work, I go find somewhere to eat, and then it's going home, like if I go somewhere, I'm there for like two, three hours sometimes. 
I take 20, 30 minutes worth of photos uh, and then I eat cold food. And I go home and then I edit for three, four hours. And then it's like literally to just post the next day and pray to get 100 likes. So, and then, Lauren, you're new to this. Does this make you want to continue this discussion right now? Yeah, no, I, I quickly realized um, once I started getting reached out to by people or even paid for coming out to um, do a feature, I realized how long it takes. And I didn't realize that when I first started, I was just posting one picture and I would post a short little caption of like whatever I thought of it. And now it's like several pictures or it's a reel or it's this and that. And it, it does take a lot of time. Um, I am passionate about it, so I will continue doing it. Um, but it does kind of go back to the point of like, I think some restaurants don't realize like it is a lot of time um, and it is a commitment to, to make those reels and those posts and we put a lot of thought into it in editing. So that's also good for them to know. So, and then my partner in crime, Alex, he gave himself a little plug here, but why don't you do it correctly? So, Oh, sure. <laughs> I mean, he really didn't introduce himself. He has a full-time job, and what yes. is it at? I'm a marketing coordinator for Maskell Teff. It's a Teff company, um, which is an Ethiopian grain that we grow and mill here in Idaho. Um, they're the national provider. We provide for um, Ethiopian and Etrian restaurants and grocers across the country. Um, I actually just got back from Anaheim where I went to a natural food conference. I think talking about it, honestly, for me, I was saying earlier, food, this for me is like my life's work. Like I really feel like I was put on, I don't know, I get gushy about it at work, but I really do feel like this is what I was put on this earth to do. And so for me, I can spend 20 hours editing a food photo and it goes by like butter. I love it. <laughs> So, well, that's great. <laughs> no wonder we never move ahead. <laughs> no wonder it's taken a year to get back to the podcast. We're taking our time, Julie. <laughs> yeah. But he also mentioned two names who were his good friends, and that was the Hudsons. Mm -hmm. And just to clarify, they did give us our desserts today. Yes, kolaches and cinnamon rolls. And a lot of people would not know their first names. So I want to make sure everyone knows that the Hudsons have been kind enough to join us today. The, uh, I am not a food person, but I was down at uh, a restaurant today, a large restaurant who was filming uh, for their, uh, some advertising they're doing, and they invited us in to be models. We had to sign paperwork that, I just happened to be friends with these people, but one, of the, but one of the things that we were doing was, we were playing with the French fries because they were called Simplot fries, and that made me think about your comment, Amos, I mean, Simplot, of course, is known for the McDonald's French fries. Yeah. That's what made all their money. And the question is, can you have something different than a McDonald's fry, or is it a Simplot fry? What is that fry? So we were yeah. we were trying to taste the difference. We couldn't taste any difference. They tasted it the same to us. <laughs> I, I think, didn't they, Alex? Yeah, didn't they did. I think, honest, <laughs> I think the national and local community is merging a little bit in that regard. And I think people are starting to recognize nationally that Boise's food scene is growing and it's going to continue to change and have some surprises like Simplot fries. So. I, speaking exactly that, I was talking when one of the new higher end restaurants was opening up here in town. What's it called? Um, I'll leave it. I'll leave it nameless. But okay. I was talking to the chef, um, and they were they were really focusing. They spent weeks on perfecting their French pie, and they were trying to <laughs> see if they want to do it just cut and then immediately in the fryer to go through the the blanching process, all of that. So they kept having all these different chefs and people locally come in and do fry tastings. And these are people with large culinary backgrounds, and all of them kept saying, 
ah, we just want to taste more like McDonald's. They just, that was, no matter how, you know, how extensive they went and fancy went on the fry, they just said, just make it taste like McDonald's. <laughs> well, and one of the issues, of course, is that we're deal- talking about restaurants, but I spent my career in health and human services. You folks probably don't know that. And I also did a lot of consulting, and one of the things I was always told by a friend was, do not give away what you get paid for because no one will pay you if you're giving it away. So that's something to think about as you're building your businesses, because I had a pretty successful business. But the other thing is that I worked a lot with low-income populations. It was one of my goals to get health care to everyone. And I'm pleased to tell you that Idaho chose to vote to pass the referendum to get Medicaid expansion. So we do cover most people in Idaho now, so we can be proud of that. But it took 30 years. So with that in mind, as we're getting near uh, wrapping up here, I'd like all of you to think about, this was sort of where we started, but we haven't hit it, so I'm gonna start with Alex. What do you wanna see Idaho look like in the next 10 years? What, what would make you really happy? Yeah, I work with an organization called Fair Idaho. It's a new organization that's um, basically the food and beverage um, association in, um, the, in Idaho. Um, I'd like to see legislative change. I'd like to see pressure put on our legislators um, to take care of our food community that's struggling right now. And I'd like to talk about food accessibility because one in eight Idahoans go hungry every day. One in three kids, I think it is. Um, that's an issue. Talk to Amos. He, he, he works with the party that, that works on that. But, but we really are not good about feeding people in Idaho. I mean, we really do not do a good job. Yeah. Low-income people. And we do a terrible job at housing also. I mean, those are my personal opinions, but it's all over the newspaper all the time. So, yeah. Lauren, what would you're, you're new to blogging. What would you like to see? What, what would be your grand vision for a cup of coffee? Oh, man. <laughs> Um, To kind of be a little more on, you know, the fun side, I would say uh, one thing that I was thinking about that downtown Boise doesn't have a lot of is like rooftop bars and like sports bars and stuff. Um, That's something that I would personally like to see. Um, Being that I am a sports fanatic, um, I feel like downtown kind of lacks a little bit of um, like spots that have a bunch of TVs and you just want to go grab a beer and like watch a game or something. So I would say that's a personal preference. And, um, but and that a and big issue today because the NCAA playoffs are on. So right, you, I right. mean, if you follow basketball now is when you need those screens. Right, for sure, yeah. for sure. So something like that. And then um, I always love a good rooftop bar and I feel like that is something that could really I feel like bring up downtown Boise. So, and then also just expanding to different parts of the Treasure Valley, like with all of these awesome small businesses or local businesses, just expanding out to Meridian and Caldwell and all of that. Because I actually live um, all the way out on the outskirts of Meridian, and I know we're getting some new shopping centers and things like that. But um, seeing some more like local businesses and things like that open up out that way would be awesome. Great. What do you think, Amos? Well, I think there's so much happening now in the Treasure Valley. It's almost hard to know what's going to be happening next year. But with the growth and with the expansion, um, I want to see Idahoans take care of each other. I want to see um, a more uh, prevalent uh, emphasis on eating local and having, having community support around grand openings of restaurants. But also as Idaho grows, and this is a structural thing, we're planning our cities and we're planning the Treasure Valley as it expands rapidly. 
I want to see commerce woven in with neighborhoods. I mean, we wish a lot more places kind of looked like the North End, where you have this mix of neighborhood and commerce and restaurants and local bars, neighborhood bars. I think that is such a valuable asset for a, for a thriving community, and I want to see more of that around the Treasure Valley as it continues to grow. I do think people love the North End, and I think Bounds Crossing, people are trying to replicate it mm -hmm. there. But I'm not as familiar, I do have to admit, I am a Boiseite. I mean, I really do stay in the North and East End. So what do you think, Natalie? You're out in Meridian. I know I've got flown on a magic carpet with you around the area, so you know all kinds of things. Awesome. There's a story about that, but we'll do that later. Um, well, I think going along a lot with what Amos is talking about, we're growing so quickly, and uh, this is something that we like to talk about on the podcast that I, I do, um, much more intentional development um, so that we're not just building to build. Um, and so th there's some intention of, is this moving along with the, the charm and the character of this city that it's moving with? And so there's some developments that I think are interesting coming into Meridian that are very different from the developments in Garden City. And to really acknowledge that each of these little towns have their own, um, their own culture and to be aware of that as we're growing so we're not losing sight of that during the growth. And that's especially true for their individual food culture and to really acknowledge that and pay respect to that. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Um, what do you think? He's lost his mic. Mic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like all these guys have really good points. Um, I would definitely agree with. I think it'd be awesome of because like I live in Meridian, and we have the village, but it's like the village is great and all, but it gets very mundane. It's like the same stuff, but uh, it'd be awesome to just have like a couple more things like that instead of just one thing because. I mean, that place can get pretty overrun pretty fast, and like, you can eat all the places there pretty soon, but uh, I kind of live in my own world, my own little bubble, so I don't think about as much expansive or outside stuff like these people do, I guess, where I'm like, I just want more, more food places, give me more variety. Expansion of accessibility to taco food trucks and cookies, right? That's what you're. If we have, if we could get rid of all the crumble cookies around here, just <laughs> no. Don't get me started. But no. Uh, but yeah, I just want more variety, uh, and I, I hate the thought of like downtown has this like stigma of it's like you know all the fancy restaurants are down here. It's kind of like its own little world, or like you're talking about like East End Boise or all that stuff, whatever. But it's like to just kind of spread that out a little bit more, because there's literally nothing like that in Meridian. I will say there will be in about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. so, right. so, yeah, I have yeah. been reading about that. Oh, yeah. and it's that very, takes me again, I've been reading really, in the paper. really, cool stuff in Meridian. I'll tell you about cool. it later. No, can't talk about it right now. So. Yeah, it's oh, that'll be great. So what do you think, Tyler? You, you do style and um, food, so. So as far as like lifestyle and food stuff in like the Boise scene, like Natalie said, I would love to see like Idaho grow and like expand, but also stay true to like what it is as like a whole. You know, I don't want it to become like another California or anything like that. I don't want it to st stray away from what it actually is because I love it here. I'm from the East Coast and uh, the East Coast, like New York and Boston and everything, like there's food trucks, there's stuff on every corner. Like you'll walk down one street and there'll be like 17 restaurants in a row, you know? And Boise's not to that point yet, but like I'm so excited that when it comes to that point, I just hope it's like for the best for Idaho and we're not just like inserting things just to have them. Yeah. And I'm I'm super excited to see where it'll grow in the next 10 years because hopefully I'll be here. Oh. Yeah. 
Well, you guys have a better chance of being here than I do, so. I meant moving. I, I did get very dark. I just meant moving. You will be here. That was not meant to be dark. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it was um, meant to be funny. Julie, we still have a season left. You I'd can't like go anywhere. <laughs> So. Um, yeah, so I, I have two two wishes uh, for the next ten years. The first one is that uh, Boise and Idaho retains its open access to common lands and parks, and I th I think that that is something special that other cities don't have, and 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 that we have consistently voted for. We have, and, and so I mean that's and expanded. Really, it's, it's, it's expanding too, it's right? A, it, right. It, so we've that, been buying more land. It's apparently something we all agree on. Yeah. I, uh, I I I. Grew up in Florida, and people when they hear Florida, they think, "Oh, access to all those beaches." There's no access to those beaches. There are condos after condos, and there's fences, and you there's like one tiny little parking lot in a city where you can get one little boardwalk to a beach. That is horrible. Like Boise has set it up infrastructure right, the green belt, the the hills. You know that is that's what's going to keep people happy and and want to be here, right? So that's my. Boise wish, but my food wish is that um, the restaurateurs um, develop and trust their chefs. They, there is a lot of restaurants in town that they have created the menu, they, they created it 10 years ago, it's the same recipe as they created 10 years ago, it's, they've had 100 different people running the kitchen and they all cook it the same way every single time. That's not how I like to eat. Like I'd get very bored and agitated if I couldn't go back to a restaurant if the menu is the same after a couple of years, right? <laughs> and the way you do that is you just get chefs, you develop talent, you trust them, you let them put some specials on it, and you you develop a business around people and skills and not some menu you created 10 years ago. So more restaurants trusting their chefs and developing their uh, talent. That's what I, I would like. all want to clap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're near the end, but I want to just kind of summarize what I heard people say, and maybe Alex will jump in, is that we love our open spaces. I think we all share that. And we love being in this part of the world, at least at this moment in time. And I think that's a very special opportunity because people are moving here like crazy, so obviously we made the choice before others did. We care about those who are not as well off as we are, but we're not sure how to take care of that group. Then we want to have farm-to-table food, if possible, and we want to figure out that means we change the menu as the seasons change. And we want to figure out how to get a better handle on, well, who is Idaho? I mean, we have the, like you surprised me with the cheese thing. Yeah. I mean, I certainly know about the ice, the, the, it's not ice cream, correct me, the uh, yogurt. I, I certainly know about the yogurt in Twin Falls, but I, I did not know that our, I knew, I know the name of the cheese provider, but I did not realize they were such a large cheese yeah, provider. Galvani. Galvani um, uh, cheeses out of Nampa. And, out of Nampa? Yeah. And, yeah. Also, and, it wasn't the cheese company I was oh, thinking about. Thank you for correcting me. So, and, and also, yeah, beyond um, Shabani and, and Twin Falls, we are the largest uh, contributor to halal and kosher dairy in the world. Really? Yeah, I mean, I mean it, we, we, we supply. Yeah, so well, what a fascinating Israel, new thing. We all learned something today from each other, so that's wonderful. So anyways, I, I wish you all really well on your opportunities you have in front of you. And the work sounds, 
you need to know all I do is take little pictures with my phone and then my daughter erases them. <laughs> she, goes, she goes, you're not allowed to be on my Instagram account. But, but I do appreciate, uh, I wish she's 22, <laughs> but I do appreciate you all being here today. Yeah, Treefort is fabulous today. I mean, for so those of you- for our listeners. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for coming out. Yeah, just um, great. You guys are all foodies and- and thanks We're again so to the Hudson. But I was amazed when I walked into the center on the Grove today because Tree Fort has grown. It's big time now. It's yeah. it's gone from when it was little. I mean, I was around from the very beginning. We've been here 25 years, but uh, and. And now it is like really something. It's amazing. So this amazing. season we're kicking off Influence. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast and please grab a kolache or cinnamon roll on your way out and please feel free to talk to any of the food influencers. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This is the Boise Bubble Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave a five-star review. Follow us on Instagram at The Boise Bubble. And for more information about our community, follow at Hello Meridian. See you next time. The Boise Bubble podcast is sponsored by Volkswagen of Boise. Interested in buying a Volkswagen in the Treasure Valley? Head to www.volkswagenofboise.com to learn more.